challenge for me to preach sitting, as most of you know, but I have done it. Um, we still, when, when the accident happened, we were two and a half weeks into our six week trip in the US, so we still had a full itinerary. And you know, part is like, okay, well, let's just go home. But that never entered our mind because we had an assignment to do and the Lord knew that this was gonna happen, so we had to finish our assignment. So I did find out that you could preach sitting down. So <laughs> actually, it was only one week after surgery. We were scheduled to speak in a church and this church has two campuses. Greg had spoken at the first campus prior to us going on the cruise. And when we were there, I knew that God had given me a word for the second campus. But when it come down to the day, the night before, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many challenges. They've got stairs and it's like, how am I gonna do it? Can I preach sitting down? I've never preached sitting down. And it's like, and so I was kind of like, I said to Greg, no, you, it's just easy, you do it. And so he's like, well, I will do it, but you've got the word. And he said, so, but if you really don't want to, I'm like, oh, really? And so um, it's the day before Mother's Day. And so I went to bed that night and I'm like, oh, okay, Lord, if I have to do it, I'll do it. I'm like, I don't really want to, but if it's you, I'll do it. And so I woke up in the morning and I just really had a word. God had given me a word, so I'm like, all right. I'm gonna do this. And so I was still in quite a, a lot of pain, but I'm just like, if it's God's will, then he'll be there. And so, and it happened to be Mother's Day and we'd been out the night before and um, we, Greg had got me in the car and he was paying and he just saw this little, um, not real diamonds, but diamond encrusted eagle with wings. And he just thought, oh, that's beautiful. I'm gonna buy that. And he didn't really know why I was buying it. But the next morning before I'd woken up, he got up, he was praying and the Lord said, you, that, oh, I got you to buy that for Julie, it's Mother's Day. Oh yeah, I don't have a present. And, and God was like, yes you do, you've got the eagle. And so and the Lord gave him a prophetic word for me and it was, you know, that didn't matter physically that I was an eagle and so that, so it was very encouraging, it all just so, it was a very powerful Sunday, so I just pushed through. But understanding, and there's a couple of things before I preach in this season that we are, you know, you we're not exempt from tests, come on. You know, God says, when you go through a fire, when you go through a flood, he says he's with you. He, it doesn't mean just because you've been a Christian a long time or you've got incredible, we still have tests. The disciples all had tests. Jesus had tests, even to the point where he cried and he said, God, he didn't want to go through the crucifixion. Um, he didn't want to, he knew what was ahead of him and he didn't want to do it. So knowing, but he said, God, not my will, but your will. And so he then he was, you know, crying drips of blood. It was such agony to do what he did. But there's still trials and things where we're not. But what the trial does, and when you, you maybe heard me preach on trials, it, it shows what's in you. It, it you know, because I watch people when they go through trials. What do you do when you go through a trial? Do you spit the dummy and you're going to leave the church or leave your job or you're going to dump that friendship or you're going to go back to the world when you see that tells me what's really in you you know when you go through it and see god knows what's still inside you and so it's not that maybe when the first happens you might spit the dummy and say you're going to do it, but it's what you do after come on because there's sometimes in the natural you can okay um this has happened and we get mad now natural things come out but then when we get back to seeking the lord in common sense we come back to okay you know, I've got to suck it up, I've got to move on, you know. And so what happens is 
you know, through tests, it tests what's in you. Now, in this, there's been quite a few things, because initially, I mean, my thing is, okay, it's an accident. Accidents happen. Come on. Things, some things you'll fall out. Not, I'm not the type of person that I'm looking by, <gasps> did the devil do that? What happened? Now, when, if you have a series of bad things happening in your life, then that's a red flag that, okay, maybe I'm not walking in the fullness of the Lord. And so always for us, if there's a series of bad things, we'll seek the Lord. Lord, have we gone wrong? Have we missed you? Even though we're perfect, you still can. Come on, it's uh, important, not my will. But when we get out of God's will, stuff starts going wrong because God wants you to be back in his will. And so it's not that he causes it to happen, but you don't have that same protection because you're not in the perfect will of the Lord. And so with this, it was incredible because we're with the Board of Governors, so you couldn't get with more anointed people from all over the world with pastors Tom and Jane, which most of you know, and Bishop Hammond's daughter, Sherilyn, and the guy from Europe. And we're all off for a fun day. The incredible thing is we get in the locker room, put all our stuff in. Now, this is those who know me really well. I'm, I'm not a super spiritual, okay? So it's like, I pray for our trips when we're traveling. I pray and stuff. But for some of them, like, oh, let's just pray for our day. And as I think back now, I'm thinking, why did I do that? You know, it's kind of... So we all prayed, and Tom was mucking around, because Tom likes to joke, he's a bit like Greg. And he kind of says at the end, oh, especially Julie. And so I thought that we've prayed for our day. And then, of course, I mean, the accident happened, the zip line didn't stop. And um, really, along the whole thing, we didn't have a lot of choices. I mean, we, um, when the accident happened, it was like we had to go to this medical center... I didn't want to lose the cruise, leave the cruise ship. I wanted to go back to the US because I'm like, I'm not trying to travel three hours in an ambulance to a Mexico hospital. Now, that's pretty freaky, okay? Um, they don't speak the language. Hygiene's not the same. Just all sorts of... And not wanting... Initially, like Tom and... They were incredible. They didn't want us to leave. And, and be, but we had no choice. I mean, my ankle was so badly smashed that they said it's dangerous to... So it was almost like everything just... We had no choices. I believe I had the best surgeon possible that they had. But who knows, we, you know, we're blessed in our country to have what we have. I mean, um, knowing when I got back home, my ankle was smashed to pieces. I mean, I hit the wall at full force uh, at such incredible speed that it was... I had two fractures of break and my ankles were literally... I mean, literally, when I looked at my foot was this way and my ankle was out here. It was deformed. It was just... And so, as they did, they said it was smashed to pieces. And so just recently, um, a couple of things happened. Well, one of the things is they medicate you so much because of the trauma and the pain and put everything in. So 10 days after medication, it's like, I don't like drugs. Um, not, I mean, not, I don't like those drugs either, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a drug, but like for me to take a pan Panadol's about my, you know, I don't like... Um, if something's wrong with my body, I'll go and look for natural. I'm not that I'm a natural, but I just believe, uh, you know, I don't like putting... That's my personal choice. And so knowing they've pumped me full of all these drugs and then I'm like, I'm getting off these drugs. I'm not going to... So I just went off them. And a couple of days later, I noticed that just... I hadn't put two and two together yet. But what happened was I was feeling really down and depressed. Now, I never get depressed. I'm just one of those, but it's not in my nature. I don't suffer depression. I've never had depression. I don't really get, have down days. It's just not who I am. I, you know, I think part of when you, the life I had and my lifestyle, you just, I learned to be strong. You know, I learned to just 
make the most and you know it's just how you know how God had wired me but I was really depressed in that and you know what then the point is that I'm like what is going on here I'm so depressed I'm so down and then I had to realize I've got to now draw upon everything I preach and everything I know okay so when you're depressed and you're down or you're going through depression what what do i preach okay what god gave us nine gifts of the holy spirit one gift he gave for us is speaking in tongues and what does speaking in tongues do it edifies us so come on when you're going and the part of that is when you go through trials we are not exempt from trials come on you're not exempt but when you go through them it's what do you draw back to you do you see now i could have sunk in that and feeling sorry for myself and and given into that and it would have continued come on it would have just kept continuing but i drew upon what i know to pray in the holy spirit and to worship because worship says it takes off that's been i've preached it here just recently the spirit of heaviness come on what lifts off the spirit of heaviness worship what edifies us speaking in tongues so i said to greg i'm i'm struggling i'm i'm feeling so down and depressed i just cannot shake this and so i'm like we need to pray so we just spent that day worshiping and praying in tongues and it left me just like that but then i put two and two together and realized it was from the drugs come on it's a dry i realized afterwards i'm like oh of course coming off all that heavy medication that's what it does to you and so for me it was good because i i can preach that but if you've never suffered it you can't say to someone well just pray in tongues and worship and you get well now i can because i did it come on i did it and god's faithful when we do those things so you just it's learning that when you go through a trial we've got to switch from our flesh into our spiritual because when you're going through a trial it's your flesh that screams the loudest come on it's what and jesus went through the crucifixion and all he went through it was his flesh that was hurting come on the pain the whipping everything he went through but he drew upon what's in us and many of you know as i've preached that the power of god in us jesus said i leave you power i leave you power and so that's what you have to draw upon when you're struggling and when you're going through things and and then just last week it was kind of like okay lord so i was thinking about psalm 91 i was thinking but you protect me so i don't hurt my foot and i was just going through my head it's like well what happened god you're supposed to protect me i prayed what happened you know because just thinking those things but as i prayed into it and i went back and god said you're looking at the scripture wrong so i went back and read the scripture and the scripture actually says least you dash your foot so if you happen to dash your foot then the angels will pick you up and protect you i'm like ah so i'm thinking that i shouldn't have hurt myself and you and then the lord said i did protect you he, he said to me and i thought about the accident initially i was coming down sideways because um apostle jane was coming there's two zip lines she was coming on to meet me and i was going down to the next one and when we're there we're waving to each other you know having a great time waving to each other and i began to go sideways and it was just something that was like mm, i need to get front on and and then the, uh, the other thing was when i got near the end i put this leg down and so the lord showed me that if i had hit side on i could have broken my back smashed my hips i could have been paralyzed the other thing is by putting this leg down i don't have two smashed legs i just have one 
You know, so because sometimes we can look at something and you think it, but you have to seek the Lord and ask the Lord and get, you know, stuff happens. Things, there's normal things, but I see now the hand of God, the protection of God, everything that happened. I had good travel insurance, which I'm so thankful for. If I hadn't had that, I would have, goodness knows, I would end up with all the, in the Mexican lowest of lowest of medical health. And also the fact that um, Greg was able to stay with me. They put us in the twin room. He was able to stay with me the whole time. Never, you know, so there were so many things. The, the other crews were getting on. Um, it, for, for the first time ever, get this, Royal Caribbean, Cozumel is the last stop on the port. For the first time ever, they took the cruise the opposite way. So Cozumel would be the first stop. That in itself, we were a 45-minute ferry ride from Cozumel, which meant if it had gone the other way, we would have had to fly back to the US. Flying three days after surgery is not good. Blood clots, all sorts of things. But God enabled, for the first time ever, the ship went the opposite way to pick up us so that we were at the first port. The people on the ship are saying, we don't even know why they went this way, but they've decided to go. I go, I know why they went that way. And so, and so we were able to recover uh, on the cruise ship and our friends had travelled from New Zealand to be on that cruise with us and they've been waiting 10 years to cruise with us. And, and so God fulfilled for them as well. So I see such the hand of God in, in everything. And so while this for me is difficult because I love to just, I'm a go-getter, I go do everything, but I, I felt like saying, okay, Lord, what am I going to do? And the Lord says, you're going to work on your book. And so I'm like, really? Do I have to do this just to... And it's most probably a reason why, because I would never work on it. And then I'm starting to think of, the Lord's been telling me for quite a season to finish the book. It's like, oh, I didn't listen. So now I'm going to finish my book. So I'll work on it. So, so just understanding all, all those things that, you know, you might be going through some trials and some... We, we all are. And before you go to a new level, there's usually tests. It's the same in the natural at school. If you go, if you're going to go up to another grade at school, you have to sit exams. If you pass the exams, you go up to the next grade. If you don't, you stay where you are. And so life is, even though we're with the Lord. But what it does is, it, the more you learn about what's inside you, come on, what, what in it, drawing upon that Holy Spirit to get, that's how Jesus was able to do what he did because he was able to draw upon what was in him. We see the disciples, Peter failed the first test, or I mean, most probably had other tests, but the one that was recorded. He said, I'll never deny you, I'll never do, but he failed, you know, and that showed you. But then when he had the Holy Spirit, many of you heard me preach it, he passed the test because then he drew upon that power of God in him. See, Jesus said, I leave you a helper. He's left us help. But if you keep res um, switching back to your natural flesh, you're going to keep ending up in the same message. You're going to keep going through the same trial. You're going to keep, because if you don't pass a test, you've got to sit the test again. So you might be here and these problems pop up with people or something happens and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, and it's like, well, hang on a minute. Did you pass that test? And so until you pass it, there's another test. But then we have to draw. If you draw upon what God's given you, you get through the test and then there's always a reward the other side. Come on. There's always. So if you're going through some stuff now, you've got to draw upon what you know. 
That's why we come to church, to learn, to, to grow. That's why we have each other, to learn. To grow. It's not just coming to church, oh, well, that's a good thing. No, we come to church to grow, to learn, to grow in our faith, to hear other people's testimonies, to encourage us, to lift us up and say, well, they did it. It's like the financial testimonies. Come on, she's tithed, she gives, and God's blessed her and given her promotion. That encourages your faith to keep going. And then saying, okay, well, I believed for this job and I didn't get it, but I kept believing and I got it next year. Come on, that is encouragement for you to think, well, I believed. You see, it's like the, 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 a child. Sometimes it's like as a parent, we have the ability to give them everything, but we know this isn't good for them right now. Come on, we know that if, if I gave them this, like Ben, our son, thought he could do anything. He wanted to use all the power tools. He wanted to drive the car. Now, in his mind, he could do it. He was ready for it. But as a parent, I'm like, no way, boy. <laughs> You're not ready for it. You're too immature. There's different things. So it's the same. Sometimes we feel ready or feel like this, but God's like, no, no, no. You're not ready just yet. And we have to trust that. So, But along those lines, you know, really what I wanted to share today is... Um, why do we have to constantly pray? It's a good question, isn't it? Why, you know, if I believe God, then why shouldn't it just happen? Why, why doesn't it just happen? Why, why do I have to constantly pray? Well, one of the biggest things I believe is it's your life, it's your destiny, it's our nation. If you don't believe, then who else will? That's a good enough reason to keep praying. Come on. If you don't believe for your family... Now, you might be blessed and have a few other people that are praying for you, believing with you, but it's up to us. Come on. It's up to us to press through, to take responsibility, to believe. Us as Australians, for our nation, we need to be. If we don't believe as Christians for our nation, who's praying for Australia? Come on, who's believing for your community? Who's believing for the schools? Who's believing for your workplace? God places us in things to be the light. Come on, to be the one praying. To be. We can't just say, well, our nation's going down the tubes. Well, do you pray for our nation? Are you diligent about praying against terrorism? Are you diligent about praying against harm? I mean, we continually, and you know, these are praying for our nation against terrorism, that it, that it will not come to our nation. If we don't pray and believe, who is? Come on, who's going to do it? That, that's even the number one reason why to constantly pray and believe. You know, it's like in Acts 12, verse 5, it says this. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So he's in prison and the church is praying for him. That's awesome. And it says, and when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping him in prison. You see, in this season right now, Herod was a wicked leader. He'd already killed James. Come on, he just killed James and he saw that by killing James, this appeased the Jews. It made the Jews very happy, which, come on, that's very sad supposed to be the same God and they're very happy about these guys getting so Herod wanting to please him it's coming up to a time of celebration his intent was to kill Peter as well but the church were constantly praying now I mean you could look at this and think well why did James die and not Peter why, why did James I mean when we go on and see scripture the Lord saved Peter but James died I mean their questions you know there's, there's all questions throughout the Bible and that there's times where God doesn't make sense. But you know what? In my own life, I've put it down to that. If I could work God out, then I've reduced him to a human brain. Come on. 
If we could work God out, then you've reduced him. And I don't want to work him out. We can't work him out. We don't know why, but you've got to understand when God makes decisions and when he does things, it's not just all we see as our little spot here in life, but God's got in, in line the universe, the world. Come on. He's making decisions on generations, on other nations, on other people, on things lining up, on things happening, on individuals. So you can't, it's like when you see a company makes a huge decision and you're down on the production line, you think, why did they choose to do that but then the company's looking that if we don't make this decision now then there's going to be no company come on so we don't always understand and so you just got to trust that and in all this that well well maybe was the church praying for james i don't know that could be another thing were the people believing for him maybe because of what happened to james it was a wake-up call so now they're thinking peter's going to get killed so they're constantly praying i don't know that but they're all scenarios that could be in there and then it says this, that the earnest, what happened is the earnest prayer of the church significantly affected the outcome of Peter's life. Come on, there's a ring. Because they were praying and believing, look what happened. It says, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell to the ground. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. Now, he still had to do something for himself. Come on, it wasn't like he just zap, come, pick him up, take him out. He still had to do some things himself. And then it said this, and so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he had to be willing and obedient to follow the angel. I mean, everything in his mind would have been thinking, what's going on here? Go, and it's like, but I guess the chains falling off would be an indication something's going on, hey? <laughs> So he went out and he followed him and he did not know what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. In verse 10, when they went past the first and the second guard post, they came to an iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. You know, we often talk about God opens doors for us. It's incredible. This is a, a illustration of that when a door is locked and closed, it doesn't matter to God. Come on. If he wants you to get through a door, if he wants something to open for you, he can do it of his own accord. Come on. He doesn't need you to stand there and try and open the lock or, or work the lock out. Come on. God can open a door for you of his own accord. And this is an illustration of this, of the door opening. And it says, and then they went out and down to the street and immediately the angel departed from him and when Peter had come to himself he said now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and he's delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people so when verse 12 so when he had considered this he came to the house of Mary the mother of John whose surname was also Mark where many were gathered together praying see the constant prayer they're still praying. They're believing. See, that's why it's important. We have prayer meetings, that we come together, that we have prayer meetings, that we pray, that we believe when things are going on with our church members. Come on, we stand together. We pray. We believe. Don't just, you know, sometimes it's like we get so used to prayer. It's like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. And we're really not connected. 
Come on, it becomes such a habit prayer. You know, oh, let's all put a hand towards them and pray for them. Do, do you really engage? Come on, do you really engage and start? No, uh, you know, we can become so in our habits. Thank you, Gina. The pastor's praying. Meanwhile, our mind's wandering. No, come on. We need to have that constant, fervent prayer of believing. Come on, I'm engaged in praying. I'm praying when we have our prayer meetings. We're praying. We're believing. We're not just a, thank you, because it does become come a habit come on it becomes something that we just do same in your own life you can be just praying out of habit no you need to be engaging asking the lord lord what do i need to do what's the strategy and if nothing's coming then you keep praying you keep believing come on lord these guys are praying the constant prayer and then verse 16 says this as peter knocked at the door of the gate a girl named rhoda came to answer she must have been blonde, this girl, I think. When she recognised Peter's voice, I can say that because I'm blonde. When she recognised Peter's voice, because of the gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran ecstatic and announced that Peter stood before the gate. I was incredible. He's knocking on the door and she's like, she just doesn't even let him in. She's so excited. Wow, it's Peter. And she runs and she goes and she tells them. But this is what they said to her. You are beside yourself. <laughs> Sometimes you get those Christians who's so excited. God's going to do something. He's done something. He's working a miracle. Yeah, yeah. Cass is one of those. And uh, <laughs> we love Cass. She has incredible faith. She believes the impossible. But it's kind of like sometimes people like that. You can think, oh, that's just them. That's just her. You know. And so we put it down to. She's beside herself. Oh, good on her for being excited. Instead of really looking at what's going on, come on, that her excitement, something's happened. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said to her, it is an angel. It is his angel. Wow. How's that? They couldn't possibly believe that their prayer was answered. Come on, sometimes that's what... They, they, come on, they're praying. They're believing God for Peter, but they honestly don't believe that it could be an answer to their prayer. We are sometimes like that. Come on, we're praying. The answer's at the door and we don't believe it. That's what often happens. Come on, we're praying, we're believing God. The answer comes, but we doubt it and we don't believe it. They couldn't possibly get their head around, wow, we've been constantly praying. Come on, this is where we have to change. Why constantly pray? We're praying and believing that we're going to get a result. It doesn't matter if I've been praying for 10 years, 15 years, I'm going to see this. Come on, God, you've said it, you've confirmed it, and I'm believing. Come on, as for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. Uh, this thing that you've got, I believe God is going to bring a great revival to our nation. I believe we're on the verge. Of, I'm still believing that. I'm still speaking it. I'm not. And when it happens, I won't be in dis disbelief. I'm waiting for it. Come on. You need to have that constant prayer of what you believe. Whatever you're believing for, your family, your marriage, your business. Your You've got to constantly believe it just because it's been two years. Come on. Just because it's been five years. You've got to constantly believe it. I've had someone I've been praying for for 30 something years and their life is a mess almost too wow you know but I've never given up and now it's like but just keep praying keep believing I'm seeing a change in that person's life come on you've got constant prayer you if you believe it if you want to don't give up because you haven't seen it happen 
They've got to keep, you've got to keep believing. And it says this. Now, Peter continued knocking. Can you imagine Peter? It's like, what is wrong with you guys? Knocking on the door. He says, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Come on, they were astonished. They couldn't believe that God would answer their prayer. Come on, here they are, come on. They're constantly offering up prayer. They're believing this in a prayer meeting, but when it knocks on the door, not one of them says it's Peter. She's heard his voice. No, they say, nah, nah, must be an angel. But then even when they see him in the flesh, they're still amazed. Well, why were you praying in the prayer meeting? What were you believing for? Come on, yeah, we can laugh because we are a bit like that. Come on, we're praying, we're believing God, but we're not really believing because we're, we're, we think, oh, well. See, then when it's like that, it becomes, it's a duty. It's a religious habit that you've formed. Okay, what do I know to do? I know to pray. But we really don't believe what we pray. See, this is where I feel the Lord's shifting us to believe what we're praying for. Come on, believe it as though it's going to happen tomorrow. And so when it does happen, you're like, I knew that. Not being a Novador or a smarty pants, but come on, there's that expectation of knowing. See, when I pray and believe, and this is through learnt prayer and things happening, when something, see, beforehand, I see it in the spiritual realm. So then, when I can start seeing things forming in the natural, I'm excited because I already know that, okay, God's going to do this because I've prayed for it, I've believed for it, we've been believing that. It's like in that the Lord told me that one of the signs of the greatest revival to come, and I've shared it here would be the prodigals returning well you know what i know two friends whose prodigal sons and daughters are back in church i'm excited about that because i know god said one of the signs would be the prodigals returning come on you've really got to believe and what can happen the longer we're saved we can become religious in our ways just like these guys hang on you're praying and believing for peter but when there's a knock at the door and she says it's him nah couldn't be Pete. must be his angel but even that would be incredible to be his angel <laughs> But they still don't go and share. And then she's got to keep telling. Ah, no, you're just crazy. You're one of those super spirituals. You just, you get excited about everything. I love people who get excited about everything. I'd rather someone get excited about everything than excited about nothing. Someone who's constantly, oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to happen. Look, I'd rather you be full of excitement and full of faith than be the other's way. Come on. When our prayers are answered, we're often astonished. Come on, we're often just like them. We're astonished when God answers our prayer. See, when you pray and believe, you get an answer. And when the answer comes, don't be surprised. Come on, when you're praying for something and you're believing something, but you've got to continue. What I find happens a lot with people, they give up praying. See, sometimes when it initially happens, people are very fervent with their prayer. But then maybe after a week, they slack off and then they get pumped up again. Well, I'm going to believe and believe. But many people, sometimes after a year or two, they lose that fervent, constant prayer. Come on. If God has spoken something to you, then you need to continually. Come on. The, it does avail. Come on. Constant prayer that I'm going to show you in James 5.15. If you're suffering right now, this is the answer. It says this. If anyone among you is suffering... What does it say? Go to your pastor. Go to everybody else. Complain. Whinge. Come on. Or talk about, oh, this always happens to me. So and get jealous. What does it say? No, it's, what does it say? If you were suffering, what does it say? Let him pray. Simple answer. 
Come on, if you're suffering, what is the answer? Let him pray. Because if you're suffering, you, yes, I, I get we're all here to give comfort and things like that, but you will never get the full release. God has the answer. When you pray, when you get in his presence, he will bring comfort. Come on, he lifts off a spirit of heaviness. When you're suffering, it doesn't say go and reach for the, the go down the pub and get drunk. Come on, when you're suffering, go have a smoke. When you're suffering, go and do, no. See, a lot of the time it's like when people get hurt in the church one of their things they say is well I'm going to join the world because the church hurt me well I don't hear people saying well the world hurt me I'm going to go and join the church (laughs) come on the church is not perfect well one because you're in it We will ne- it'll never be perfect. It's never been perfect from day one. That's why God's preparing Jesus coming back. That will be perfection. But in the meantime, we're all imperfect vessels. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to, do- but we're growing. We've got to have grace for each other. It says, when you're suffering, if you're hurt, the answer is pray. It doesn't say go seek counsel, um, go and take some drugs, go get some antidepressant, uh, go see a psychiatrist. No, it doesn't say. It says when you are suffering, if anyone is suffering, let him pray. I can guarantee that if you're suffering, come on, I've just witnessed it in my own life. When you're suffering, you pray. God will come through. But most people give up. Oh, it didn't work after five minutes. No, you've got to push through until you get the breakthrough and the hardest time is when you're suffering the hardest time is to pray come on it's the hardest time to pray we can all pray when everything's wonderful oh thank you jesus my bank account's full my kids are coming to church the pastors love me everything's going great i'm just it in the church everybody thinks i'm great come on we can all pray when that happens that's easy Come on, but it's when you're suffering because then God really is dealing with what's in us because when you're suffering, do you believe what you really do believe? Do you believe that he's your deliverer? Do you believe that prayer changes you? Do you believe that when you're suffering, that coat of heaviness will be lifted off? Do you believe that when you're going through a difficult time that God will bring joy into your life? Do you believe that when you pray in tongues that he will edify you? Come on, it's reality. God's given us, sometimes I think as a church, we settle into this normal life, which really becomes religion. Come on, it becomes religion. As much as we don't, but it does become religion. Then he says, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing a song. Well, that's, yeah, of course it's easy to do that. Come on, like I said, when we're happy, we can sing. But he's got the answer here. When you're happy in life, sing. Okay, when everything's hunky-dory, sing. Okay, when everything's... And it's easy to do that. But he tells you, when you're suffering, come on, when you're going through a difficult time, pray. That's the answer. Come on, pray. It says this, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another. We have to confess our sin. It's one of the things, sometimes, like I said, when you're going through something, you're in sin. Come on, you're in sin. You're maybe not walking what you've had a wrong attitude, something's wrong. And what is the biggest thing? One of the biggest things I've seen take people out of Christianity, out of church, and out of life is pride. It's the number one thing. Why is pride the number one thing? That's what Satan has. Come on. He couldn't be happy with being second. He's pride in that I'm gonna be better than God, I'm gonna be the best. That's what took him out. Pride. 
Come on, so pride is the root of usually when things are going on in our life. We're, we're prideful because we've been hurt or because this didn't happen or I didn't get this, I believed God for this and it didn't happen. Or, and sometimes we're just doing things wrong. None of us are perfect. Come on, sometimes we're just, oh, we've done wrong. You have to be willing to humble yourself and confess your sin. And then pray for each other. God says, okay, if, you've, if you're in trespasses, confess. We have to confess. Because I believe that when anything, in years of counselling people, when sin is hidden in the dark, Satan has power over you. I've seen it time and time again. I've known people in gross sin, and then when they've confessed their sin, they've said, what a relief it is. Because what happens is, when you're in sin, Satan has something over you. Come on, he constantly will go before you and say, you can't have that. You're never going to be worthy. You'll never be that in the church. Even though you can hear the messages every Sunday and you're thinking, I'm a, and then Satan will say, well, you're exempt from that because you're in sin. See, that's why God says, confess your sin because when it's brought into the light, it's exposed and Satan lives in the dark. Come on. He lives in the dark. So when you've got sin and hidden sin, he has power over you to come all the time and tell you, you know, but all you have to do is confess your sin. Come on, confess your sin. Uh, you know, I've been sinning. Sorry, forgive me. Not a greasy grace, but with a repentant heart that I'm sorry. Come on. And then pray for each other. And it says this, that you may be healed. And then it says this, the effective, fervent prayer. Come on, it doesn't say one-time prayer. It doesn't say once pray. It says the fervent prayer, which means lots of prayer. The effective, fervent prayer, what? Of a righteous man avails much. Come on, it avails much. God says if we continue to pray, it avails much. It says Elisha was a man with a nature just like ours. So this by saying Elisha, he was human like you and I. But it says this, he earnestly prayed. That was the key. Elisha earnestly prayed that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Come on. He was just like you and I, but the key is he prayed. He earnestly prayed. He didn't give up. And when you look at him, you've got to have a look at the guy. There's a drought in the land. It's been a long drought. He prays, but this guy has got faith. He's not given up. Come on. He's going to believe God. God until, until, because he believes the word of God. See, when we continue to pray, it will produce something. Come on. Matthew 7 verse 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and he who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread that he would give them a stone? This is God saying as a parent, come on, when you ask him, is he going to give you nothing? No, he's a parent. Ask as parents, when your kids ask you for things, you want to be able to bless them. You want to be able to help them. But like I said, there's some times where you know the timing's not right. But you're not going to see God. How much more is God than us as humans? Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says this, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who who comes to God, must believe he is. That's number one key. Come on. You have to believe that God is God. You've got to believe that he will answer your prayer. You've got to believe that he is still doing miracles. Come on. You've got to know him personally and that he is the rewarder. What? Of those who give up. Come on. He is the rewarder of those who what? 
diligently seek him. Come on, the keys are there. He rewards those who diligently seek him, who keep believing. He rewards us. Not one, two, two, two times two, diligently. So what does diligently mean? That you seek him until you get the results. Come on, until you get the results. You never give up on it because God, you said it. I believe it. It's been confirmed. So therefore, I'm never going to give up on it. Come on, it's the same even, Pastor Sarah, with the, the birth of this baby. There's just been obstacles and things. The doctor had said that she's most probably going to have to have a C-section, went along, another scan, another scan. is most probably... But we're like, no way. I've had three C-sections. I know what they're... I'm like, no way. You're not... We're redeemed from that. You're going to have a natural birth. And we, we just felt that in a spirit. And the doctor was saying, no, right? It was getting, what, two weeks out? And, and it was kind of like she said, it hasn't moved. We're going to do one last scan. We're going to check. And it had moved just enough within a point of enough. And I'm like, that's good enough for me, God, within a point. That'll do. But then when she went, to, just before she had her, it had moved right out the way. But see, it's what you give in. You know, no, we're not giving into that. Come on, she's going to have a natural birth. She's going to be even more so. I'm not able to help her. C-section, you've got to have a lot of help. There's a, you know, so you're believing. I don't care what the natural report says. Pastor's own buzz around. No, God spoke to us and to the, the praise and different people that she will have it naturally. So we don't accept anything else, even right up to the last minute. We're not accepting anything else. So she has it, two and a half hours, boom. Amazing. We were believing for a quick birth. It was a quick birth. <laughs> I don't know if Sarah wants us to believe for that. And she's like... It was quick, but there's no pain relief, no time for pain relief. I'm like, ah, oh, you've done it now, forget it, it's good, two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> You're a champion, go girl. <laughs> I don't know if she would have thought that at the time, but anyway. <laughs> Brad, I have to tell you this funny story, I'm going to tell him. We get to the hospital just after she had the baby and Sarah says, yeah, she says, Brad says to me, when I'm delivering, the, after I've had the baby, he says, Wow, honey, you were gripping my hand so hard that your nail was cutting into my hand and it was hurting so much. <laughs> She's like, really? <laughs> That's why us as women have the babies and men don't. Let's say no more. The actual funny thing, uh, not funny, but about what happened to me is that we're on the zip line and there was Greg and myself, Tom and Jane were down, the other one are coming through, but there was Greg and I and another girl from South America and um, we were trying to decide who was going to go. And I got on the platform and started to freak out a bit, which was a bit weird, but I just started to... And I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to go. I don't want to do this. And Greg's like, well, I'll go before you. But the girl behind was freaking out, the South American girl. She was freaking out and she already had a sore ankle. And then I said to Greg, we're up there, we're two and a problem. He says, well, I'll go, I'll go down, I'll go down. And I'm like, no, because if she starts freaking out even more and I'm freaking out, that's not going to be good. And I said, we need someone calm here. She was real bad. I wasn't, she was really, really freaking out, like hyperventilating and everything. And I said to Greg, you'll be better to let her go and whatever. And so all our kids are like, mum, thank goodness it was you and not dad. <laughs> ben and Michelle came over the other night and said, we were thinking about it even more. We are so glad it wasn't dad. <laughs> So Brad and his sore little fingers. So. <laughs> Pray for him. I mean, she's pushing out a baby, and but he got cut by her fingernail. 
Sorry, Brad, just had to. <laughs> you know, God listens when we pray. Jeremiah 29, 12 says this. Then when you call upon me, see, this is something you have to believe. This is something I've taken into my own prayer life. I love this scripture. When you call upon me and you go and pray to me, what does he say? I'll turn my back. He says, I will listen. Come on. It doesn't matter. See, sometimes we've been taught to go by our feelings. Well, I don't feel goosebumps. I didn't get an answer. I still feel um, negative about it. I still don't know. It says, when you call upon me, when you go and pray, he says, I will listen. See, when you can get that in your spirit, when I pray, I settle now. Okay, well, if I stop right here and pray right now, God hears me. It doesn't matter if I don't get an answer, if I don't feel goosebumps, if I don't feel different. He says when I call upon him, he will listen. Come on, it says, and when you seek me, you will find me. When you search for me with all your heart. Come on, God's wanting all our heart. When we search for him with all our heart, he says he will listen. It's, and it's interesting that it, he doesn't say he will grant your answer. It says he will listen. I thought that was quite interesting. I read that and thought, hmm, you're listening. Doesn't mean you're going to answer. Come on. Doesn't mean you're going to grant my answer right now. Come on. He doesn't say, I will grant it. He says, I will listen. So in other words, you make petitions and he listens. He listens. Come on. And sometimes it's like the squeaky door that gets the oil. You keep asking him. He's like, oh, okay. You remember the, the neighbor that kept knocking and knocking and knocking? So the guy gets out of bed and like, oh, let's just give it to her, you know? So I believe it says he will listen. He will listen. Come on. He will listen. He can hear. But if you're not saying anything, then he's not listening. But if you're never praying, God's not listening. He doesn't know what you want. And it says God always hears us. Come on. He always hears us. You've got to settle that in your spirit. He always hears us when he prays. There's some things I know that are for sure. There's things that I'm praying for, like my family will be blessed. The generations will be blessed. Come on, that sin's broken off. That I'm the head and not the tail. That I'll have good health. There's things that I know. There's certain that I can keep praying that God blesses. There's things like that that I can keep praying and keep believing. There's prophetic words that God has confirmed over and over again again that I know now it's just not my visions or visions or wishful thinking I know they're the word of God I know it's his purpose so I can keep believing that there's other things that I don't know but I can still keep asking and then I believe God confirms his word this is when Jesus was going through a difficult time I mentioned this before just so you know the reference Luke twenty-two forty-one. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw away and he knelt down and he prayed. Come on, Jesus did what I'm telling you today. Come on, Jesus did what the word of God said. The most difficult time. Yes, he knew God. He was close. He had that relationship, but he still had to pray. Come on, if Jesus, being Jesus, that did miracles, that knew the will of God, that says, I only do my father's will, he still had to pray. Come on, he still went and prayed. He's struggling right now with what he has to go through. He knows God. Come on, imagine Jesus, who he was, the miracles, the peace, everything he did, the person he was, the intimacy he had. He walked with the Father. God, come down. The heavens open. He says, this is my beloved son. He still had to pray. 
He still had to spend time with the Lord. Come on. He still had to draw us up. It doesn't matter how good you get, how high up you get, how long you've been a Christian. We still have to pray. Come on. You've still got to believe God. And this is what he says. And see, he says, Father, it if it is your will, take this cup from me. See, in the natural, he doesn't want to go through this. Do I want to go through this? Not really. I have to have more surgery tomorrow. Do I want to do that? Not really, but I have to because it's not from the guy who did it, didn't repair one part of it properly. So it's like, God, now I know he's directed me to the best surgeon, the best guy, and he is a perfect. The other guys have looked at it and said, well, I would have done it like this. And they're saying, well, you're young and you've got strong bones. It's favorable. It may mend back together. But my men back together, God sent me to a special that says, no, I'm not trusting that. You need to be 100%. And looking at my life, I need to be 100%. I'm on my feet. I love high heels. I love to run. I love to walk. Come on. I don't want half a healing. I don't want my foot to be half. So God's directed me to the best. And everywhere I keep going, I'm reading about, he fixes the unfixable. I ring up the hospital to book in and they tell me, oh, you've got the best surgeon. God keeps confirming that this is the best that's going to... It needs to be fixed. So here is Jesus. There's some things. He had to go through this. Why did he have to go through that suffering? God could have done 50 other million things. He could have just raised you. He could have smite them all. He could have done everything. But there was a course and a purpose. So you and I could have salvation today. So we could be redeemed. Imagine if Jesus said, not too hard, I'm not doing it. Because he had the choice. Come on, he had the choice. But see, Jesus was not my will, but your will. Yes, this is tough. Come on, this is tough what I'm walking through right now. That's what he's saying. But God, nevertheless, I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to put aside all my fleshy things. I'm going to put away all my fear. And I'm going to say, God, not your will, but my will. And I mean, you and I, I am thankful that he went through that so we could have freedom today. If Jesus, I don't know what would have happened if Jesus hadn't have done that. Come on, if he hadn't have done. Now, you and I, looking back in hindsight, we can see why he had to do it and what had to happen. But I bet you Jesus couldn't right there and then. And the people couldn't understand it. But he says, not, not my will, but he said, God's your will. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Come on, that's how we need to be. When you're going through stuff, come on, you need to edify yourself. We need, that's why we need to continually pray. Okay, what you're believing for, it doesn't look like it's happening right now. It looks the opposite. You can't quite understand why this is happening and what that's happening. But we need to just get on our knees. We need to pray. We need to decree the word of God. Lord, not my will, but your will. I thank you that I put my life in your hands, that you're guiding me, that you're directing me. Lord, it doesn't look how I think it is. I'm suffering right now. I'm feeling the pain. It's restricting me. Come on. But not my will, your will. Come on. That's why we have to continually pray. He's not a magical genie. Rub the lamp three times and you're granted your wishes because that would just produce weak, spoiled brat, horrible generations. See, God tried all that in the previous generations. He gave them everything. He took all their enemies from them. Come on. God took all Israelites' enemies from them and they forgot how to fight 
die. They become weak. They become hopeless. So God realized it wasn't good to take all their enemies from them because they forgot how to fight. See, God knows what's in you. He knows the people you're going to affect. He knows your weaknesses, but he also knows your strengths and he knows what you're going to conquer and he knows what you're going to overcome. You know what? It's never wrong to express your true feelings. Come on, ever say, you know what? I'm struggling right now. For me, this is a struggle to not be, not, not what I'm going through, the pain I couldn't care less about. That doesn't bother me. I'm just tough. I can handle pain. Uh, but it's not being able to get around. It's the biggest thing for me. The people who know me, I, I am a go-getter. I, I go 100 miles a day every day. I'm just... I'm just not a person who sits down a lot. And so not being able... Do you know what? In one of the things that's brought us closer, my husband has been incredible. He already is incredible, but this has brought out another level. And I've suddenly realised he's very capable. (laughs) So I'm like, I think some things are going to (laughs) change. You are so capable. (laughs) It's like, I do everything. It's like, not that it's just because that's me. I can do it. I, but I realized, man, he's good. He's more of a perfectionist than me. So I'm like, things are changing. He's not here, so I can t- say that. But <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I was saying natural normal things. It's not wrong to express your true feelings to God. Jesus was in the dread of his coming trial and expressed it to the Lord. Come on. There's nothing wrong with that to say to God, I'm struggling. Lord, help me. It's when we go, and we can to close friends, but not to everybody. Not every person you meet. Because what you're doing is you keep speaking out the negative. You're reliving the negative. You're not speaking faith. God puts close people around about us. That's why we need mentors. That's why we need people further along the track to help us, to lift us up, to say, come on, you can do it. I've been through this. I'm believing with you. I'm standing with you. But what we need to do is get before the Lord and say, God, I am struggling, but not my will, your will be done. Come on. And then what happened in verse 43? Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Come on, God sent an angel to strengthen him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. See, he was in more agony. And what did he do? He prayed more. Even though an angel came, he was struggling. You can see how much he was struggling that God sent an angel and he's still struggling. Come on. But what does he do? He prays more earnestly. He presses into the Lord. You know, and it's interesting. We've been in this season, Greg and I have just been talking and we're going to do a whole study and we're just going to listen to some stuff from a guy about angels because there's been a lot of stuff and I'm reading through this I'm saying God sent angelic hosts for Peter he said him I believe we're in that season now but there's got to come a balanced teaching come on we do not worship angels we do not have a personal angel with its name that's a come on God they are God's angels and he sends them forth when we need them come on he has charge over his angels that's a, but I believe this is going to happen more we're going to start seeing angels angelic host. We're going to start seeing things like Peter, where God's going to send an angel. Something like that's going to come on. When Jesus needed help, an angel come and strengthened him. Come on. It made him stronger. And he was, even though he was in extreme agony, he did not give up. He went ahead with the mission for which he'd come for. Come on. You might be in agony. You might be struggling right now, but come on. You've got to keep going. The answer is keep praying keep pressing in come on praise God pray in tongues edify yourself keep pushing through and keep going with the God
soul. I want to finish with this. Joshua 1.9, it says this. It was so incredible because yesterday morning I was just praying to the Lord because this surgery's come about pretty quick. And I was actually believing for today and going over my notes. And um, I was sitting there and I was going over my notes and praying for today. And then I was just praying about the surgery tomorrow. And I was kind of thinking, oh, Lord, I really don't want a, you know, another surgery. I've just had surgery. And, and, but I'm just saying, okay, Lord not my will but your will and i've just got to trust and this is the way the lord's led and i want to be 100 percent. and so my ipad's sitting on my thing and i'm at the top of this page and my ipad just started moving down by itself i wasn't touching it i wasn't doing anything and it landed right here now i'm not a spooky spiritual person you know that and so i'm like okay joshua 1 9 this is what he said have i not commanded you be strong and courageous. So to me it was, oh, okay, Lord. See, he confirms the path you're taking. Do I want to know, but I need it for my foot to be right. God could just come down and heal me just like that, but that's not the way he's chosen. I don't know why that. I don't know why, you know, there's things. But he confirms to you all along the way. He said to me, uh, this come up and I looked at it, have I not commanded you? Yes, you have commanded me, Lord. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. So in other words, he's saying to me, don't be afraid. Because when you, the worst thing you can do is Google it and read more, okay? Don't Google your symptoms. Don't Google anything you're having done. Come on. Ignorance is bliss in these situations. <laughs> I can remember, come on, I had three C-sections for having my babies. And I had epidural. The last one when I had Ben was quite a few years later the medical laws change. So now they had to tell me all the risks, that from this epidural I could end up paralysed, I could end up with headaches for 10 days, not be able to walk. And I'm like, why did you tell me all that? I said, I wasn't afraid, but now I'm petrified because you told me all the things that could happen. I had two before. I never knew, I never thought about it just yet, but medical procedure, they'll do it. But now because I know all this, I'm petrified. And so it's like you start to Google things. What can happen? No, God says, I've commanded you to be strong and cry. Don't fear. Come on. Don't be dismayed. Because what does he say? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. So when I go into that theater tomorrow, he is with me. Come on. Wherever I go, he is with me. Wherever you go, he is with you. Yes, he was with Jesus. You might be facing a tough, difficult time. But come on. God says, I've commanded you. He didn't say it's a suggestion. He says, I've commanded you, be strong, be courageous. Why? Because I'm with you. Come on, I'm with you. Let's stand this morning. That's why we need to pray. Come on, we can't just sit and wait for things to happen. We can't just sit and wait for the depression to leave. We can't just sit and wait for things to change. You have to be purposeful. God's given us things to do. He's told you, pray. If you're down, if you need edification, pray in tongues. Come on, that's what he tells you. If you've got a spirit of heaviness, he says, worship me. If you worship me, the spirit of heaviness will leave you. Come on, these are things that the Lord has told us. We can't 
can't just sit here and do nothing. You've got to pray. That's why this message, come on, continual prayer. The efficient, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. Come on, it avails much. When we pray, God answers our prayer. Come on, I want you to be encouraged today. No matter what you're going through, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep believing. Come on, trust in God. Yes, I'm in pain. I'm in agony, but not my will, your will. And the Lord says, come on, be courageous, be bold. I am with you wherever you go. Come on, it's not a suggestion. A command isn't a suggestion. Well, if you feel like it, be strong and courageous. Well, if you're a five-fold minister, you should be strong and courageous. Oh, if you've been a Christian for 10 years, you should be strong and courageous. No, it doesn't say that. It's a command. It's a command. If you're born again, if you know the Lord, he's commanding you. You've got to be strong and courageous. If he's commanding us to be strong and courageous, does that mean you're going to go through some battles? If you weren't going to go through some battles, if you weren't going to go through some tests, you wouldn't have to be strong. You wouldn't have to be courageous. God would never have had to command us to be strong and courageous if there was no test, if there were no obstacles, if there were no things. Come on. Jesus had to go through what he had to go through, even though he was Jesus, but he still struggled. What did he do? He earnestly prayed, not your will, but my will. Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, we come before you today. Lord, we ask forgiveness for our weaknesses. We ask forgiveness for our disbelief. Lord, we ask forgiveness even for the times that we've failed humanly. You know what, in saying that, if you've failed some things lately, don't beat yourself up. Come on, that's what Satan will do. He will beat you up. This is not a condemnation message. It's not about you failed. No, 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 it's not about that. It's about the power of our living God. It's about getting before him. What happens is when you've failed a test, all it is is, and this is not like I said, you ask God, I'm sorry. Lord, strengthen me. Help me to do better next time. Lord, let me learn from this test. Let me not make the same mistakes. Father, I want to sit the test. I want to pass the test. Lord, help me to draw upon the power of God in me. Lord, not my will, but your will. Come on. That's what it is. It's not bad if you failed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you failed because that's the awesome power of God that you can get back up, that you can correct it, that you can make it right, that you can keep pushing forward and you can pass the test. We all at some point in our life are going to fail things because we're human. Come on, I've failed many times. There's times we fail. We, we are human beings. There's times where we make mistakes. But the thing is, you're, with a repentant heart, I'm sorry, Lord. But now we get up. We go on. Come on. We be strong. Yes, this is a difficult time, but you know what? It's just a time. It's just a season. It's not going to be like this forever. But you know what? I want to be in that place that when I'm going through something, I can still be joyful. I can still be a testimony. Come on. I can still be a witness. Even though it's tough and enough, I can still stand on everything I believe. See, that's what happens when you go through a test. It shows what's in you. Do you still believe it? Do you still, or have you given up? 
up? Have you succumbed? Have you come under? No, come on. God, not my will, but your will. Strengthen me. Come on. The Lord, if you need strengthening, Jeremiah, pray. Lord, strengthen my hands for this battle. Some of you need strengthening today. Receive that strengthening from the Lord. Father, I pray you strengthen their hands for the battle ahead, for the battle ahead. Lord, that they'll be strong, that they'll be courageous. Lord, it's a command. Now, Lord, I thank you for it right now. Strengthen us, Father God. And Lord, I thank you that we will never give up. We will earnestly pray. Come on, now you've got a revelation. You need to earnestly pray. Come on, what are you believing for? What are you wanting right now? What, even though it may not have happened and you're seeing other people around about you, got promotions, got financial blessings, maybe got the very thing that you've wanted. Come on, don't be jealous. Learn from them. How did they do it? What did they do? But come on, strengthen yourself. God, you did it for them. You can do it for me. I'm strengthening myself in the Holy Ghost today. I'm going to pray until I will never give up. Well, there's breath in me. I will never give up. See, Jesus never gave up on the mandate and the purpose that God gave him. Now, Lord, I thank you. Forever house, Lord, we're a strong family strong praying family lord we will earnestly pray lord prayer is our foundation that we've built this house on prayer on intercession father i thank you we're going to continue to grow and to build and father i thank you that when people look at our lives and see yes it hasn't always been easy but we never gave up on our god we never gave up on our beliefs we never gave up on our standards lord their victory will go to you Now, Lord, I thank you. Strengthen us today. Strengthen us today. Strengthen us, Father God. Strengthen us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Pastor Thomas and Santa, I just see God strengthening you. And it's not you're strong, but there's a whole nother level of strong. There's a whole nother level. And, and for you guys, it's even been like you felt God's tested your faith to the very end. <laughs> That's you felt the test and you felt the things. And, and sometimes you're looking, God, will, but you've never given up. And God says that you've passed the test. I feel like the last three years have been a real testing time for you guys. It's not just been one test. It feels like it's been multiple tests after tests after tests. And what I felt the Lord say, that you're, it's not just like a school test. The Lord says you, you're, you're at the end of your college degree. And I feel like the Lord says, you know, when we go on, school tests are hard. But when you, when you go on and you're getting a master's and a bachelor, that is difficult. It's, it's so much study. It's so much test. It's so many. And the Lord says you've been through your master's. And God says, now, the Lord says, you've come through. And the Lord says, now you're going to begin to walk in the things that the Lord has spoken and what the Lord has said. Because the Lord says, I've been strengthening you. Because the Lord said, even now, I just feel like the area and what the Lord has got you in, you strengthen so many others. But the Lord says, there's going to be testimony after testimony of what the Lord has done for you. But the Lord said, regardless of any of that, you will continue to strengthen others. And the Lord says, you'll see others walk in the miraculous and walk walk in miracles because of your faith. Now the Lord says there's a new measure and a new level of the miraculous and faith that God's released to you both. Thomas, I just see in your workplace, you know, it's a, t- a struggle sometimes. It's a, it's a real struggle between the, the work and what you know in God and different things. But God's about to do something incredible. 
and it's just it's going to cross across every barrier across every uh, line across and, and it's just yeah so God's saying you're this things you've been praying and this thing and there's a certain degree where your hands have been tied and there's such a frustration but God says watch and see what I would do because you've been praying God says you've fervently prayed and even though sometimes you're, you're frustrated, sometimes you want to throw it in, sometimes you're just like, I'm over this, can I do something else? But God's, you know what the Lord's called you to be? And the Lord says, don't judge what you see in the natural. Because sometimes you look in the natural and you think, no, what's, but God says there's so much fruit in the spirit that you're yet to see and know about. And God says, you will see it. He's positioned you at a place. So God says, keep believing. Don't give up. Keep believing. I'm strengthening the two of you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Jemima, I just feel for you as well, the Lord's strengthening you. God says that, you know, take, it's like, I, I see you just sitting here this morning and there, there's so many things the Lord's spoken to you even during the meeting and, and God says, I'm strengthening you. You know what, you've been one of those ones where you feel like I'm the weak link. You know, that's how you kind of, you feel like, ah, and when I said that, you said, yep, I've failed lots of times. I feel like I've not passed the test. But God says, don't be so hard upon yourself. God says, you have actually passed. You, and sometimes I feel like you look and you think, well, I didn't get an A, but a pass is a pass. Okay, so Lord said, well, I hear the Lord saying, at the end of the day, when we look at a, in the natural, if we look at a, uh, cool, we go, but, oh, wow, you got an A plus, or you got a B, or you got a C. In five years' time, those report cards are just tossed in a drawer somewhere, and they don't mean anything. What matters is you passed. You didn't fail. And so I hear the Lord saying, you may not have got an A+, plus, but you passed. And so God says that. So God says, don't judge it by what you see of, wow, they passed it and they did this and that. Because God said, that doesn't matter in five, six, seven years' time. What matters is that you passed. But God says, I'm strengthening you right now. I'm strengthening your hands. I'm sure, and the Lord says, I've even shown you through what I've done in your life that I've been, you know, and you're a little bit like astonished too. <laughs> You're kind of like, wow, God did it. I prayed. And it's not because you haven't had faith. It's because you don't see yourself worthy enough. That's what it is. You, and I feel like the Lord is breaking that off your life, that unworthiness. You know, it's, a, it's through others have said different things and throughout your life you've had that on your life. And so, Bob, just go lay hands on it for me, Bob. Bob, please just go lay hands on it. I just feel God wants to break that continually that off your life right now, that unworthiness, that you will not think it anymore, that you will not go there anymore. You're not unworthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. God's called you and he's strengthening you to a greater level. Father, I just break off every generational thing of unworthiness, of things of the past. I break its power today in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, right now for your hand of favor, for your hand of blessing. I thank you, Lord, just strengthening her. She's a powerhouse, Father God. And Lord, you're working on her. But I break this generational thing off her of unworthiness. Lord, she's going to stand with her head high. I'm a daughter of the King. I'm a daughter of the King and I've passed, I've made it, I've come this far, but the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Is um, Tina and Walter, they out the back? Can someone grab them for me just quickly? Out the back working. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. You know, it's just an amazing presence of the Lord here right now. Thank you, Lord. 
you're strengthening each one of us. Come on, if you need strength today, it's here. His strength is here. But beyond that, his strength is in you. You match that anointing that's here now with the strength that's in you. Come on, it's a powerhouse. You know, the Lord, it's a weird thing the Lord showed me. There's an old cartoon and I don't even know what it is. And I, but they join two rings together. I think and they go Shazam or something. Uh, someone might remember. I don't really know. It's like Shazam. But by, I think this is what happened in the cartoon, but it doesn't matter if it didn't because this is what the Lord showed me, is that the two powers came together and it was like they were able to do incredible things. And what I felt the Lord saying is the power of God in us mixed with the anointing. Come on. The power of the God, the anointing that's here together is Shazam. Come on. It's power. It's anointing. It's authority. Come on. Everything you need, no matter where you're at, what you're going through, come on, join what God's already deposited in you with the anointing that's here. And it's like Shazam. Come on. Power. Anointing. It'll lift you up. It'll strengthen you. Come on. It'll give you an anointing and a power like never before. It'll break things off. It'll break that disappointment off. It'll break off that lost hope. It'll break off that failure. Come on. It'll break off that unbelief. It'll break off that timidness. Come on. It'll break off those past things. Now, Lord, I thank you for it. Shazam, Lord, your power with us inside. It breaks every chain in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Walter and Tina, don't we just love these guys? Every, they're one of the ones every week. You know, we just want to honor you. I know you don't like, but just for your work too. You know, one of the things as Pastor Brad and Sarah decided for this to be a family, you know, that that food was important, to have food every week. And, you know, it's no little thing that you do. Sometimes it's like, okay, we just, you know, we just do the food. And sometimes just doing the food or doing the toilets or doing the whatever can seem like it's not much. But you know what? Every life out there that is connected, every conversation... is important and every part has seed okay so it's not just it's from the everybody who serves in this house to everything that happens has seed and so I feel like the Lord is just saying to you now you need to call upon the seed I feel like God's calling you to a whole new level and you know I feel like there's been some things where you've just been I see well you're tired you're worn out you're you're just and I feel like a lot of that is just you've lost some of your spark 
um, you know, just because of the stuff. There's just been continual stuff. And, and I feel like the Lord is just saying, I'm filling you. Um, Pastor Brad, just lay hands on him for me. God says, I'm filling you today. You know what? It's just, I feel like you've just been stuck in a place. Um, you know, you've given out, you've given out physically, mentally, spiritually, and it's kind of like the wells run dry. It's like, you're, they're like, what's, and God says, today I'm filling you afresh. God says it's a new level and a new time, and God says, son, you're going to begin to speak. There's some things the Lord's spoken to both of you that you know is God. And the Lord says, I want you to start that fervent prayer. Come on, keep believing, keep pressing in. I feel like God's even, you know, your, your finances, your, um, your workplace, God's going to change all that. He knows your heart. And I feel like, you know, God's saying to you, believe for the impossible. Come on, believe. You Once upon a time, you could believe for the impossible. But now it's not that you don't believe. You're just tired. You're just tired. It's like you just don't have anything else left. Even to, it's like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm worn out. And, but you know what? When you are weak, he is strong. He is strong. The power of God is strong in you. And as Pastor Brad lays hands on you today, I, I believe God's going to fill you fresh. He's going to quicken your mortal body. I feel like as you pray in tongues, he's going to edify you. As you worship, he's going to lift off that spirit of heaviness. And the Lord says, just as Jeremiah, I'm strengthening your hands for the work ahead. I'm strengthening you for the work ahead. The Lord says, you're strong, you're anointed, you're powerful. Now, Lord, I thank you right now for a fresh in filling of your Holy Spirit today. Lord, I break up. I feel like your hope's been deferred. It's been deferred just because of the tiredness and the war now. But God says, I'm renewing hope in you again. God says, you press into me. Press in. I'm going to renew hope. I'm going to renew vision. I'm going to bring back that excitement. That excitement. God says, I'm stirring back up inside of you. And the Lord says, it's okay. It's just been, it's been a season. It's been like the wilderness. That's what it's been like. But God says, I'm taking you out of the wilderness and you're crossing over. But what, what the Lord spoke to me is like, the, the Israelites were told the promised land, the promised land, the promised land. And so then it's like they kind of lost hope about the promised land. But it says that God did what he said he would do. And God says, I want you to know I'm going to do what I said I would do. Don't lose hope of the promises of what God's spoken. So Lord, strengthen him today strengthen him. Thank you for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. Lord, quicken his mortal body as he's given out and given out in many areas, Father, work, uh, physically, spiritually, financially. Lord, I thank you right now that you're filling that well. He's dug a deep well. There's a deep well in you, Walt. There's a deep well and God's filling it afresh. It's going to bust over. See, now you're going to have more to give out to others. You're going to be able to bless. You're going to be that refreshing stream to others. You're going to be that living water to others. The Lord says that you once, that was something that excited you. God says, I'm bringing it back again, where you're going to be able to pour out of that, that living water. You're going to bring life and strength to people. And the Lord says, Tina, you've been faithful as well. And God says, I'm bringing you to a whole new level of your prayer. You know, you you believe it. It's like, God, you said it, I believe it. And it's like, but I feel like for you as well, it's just that season that's been difficult and it's been hard. But God says, watch it. Your lives are going to be a testimony. People are going to look at you and say wow because there's I feel like there's even different ones round about even family or people outward looking and like well where is your God we don't see your God and yet they may not verbally say it to you but they're thinking it well you serve this God you give your life to him you do everything for him but where is he in your life and and it's like that that's but God says 
I haven't finished yet. God says, I get the last say and I get the last laugh. And the Lord says, they'll be astounded at what I'm going to do in and through your life. God says, I know the desires of your heart. So the Lord says, now I'm strengthening your hands. I'm strengthening you. And the Lord says, you're going to walk into all that I have for you. Now, Lord, bless them. Thank you, Lord, for promotion, for favor, for turnaround. This is your turnaround year. Don't give up on it. Come on, it's your turnaround year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.